We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the week four edition of the Pro Football Focus show here on Roto-Grinders. I am Britt Devine uh, here with my uh, my new uh, PFF. Uh, sorry for the pun there, Ian. Uh, Ian Harditz, you can find him at I-H-A-R-T-I-T-Z on the Twitter.com machine. Uh, Ian, it's been a, I've, I've been having a blast with football. That Thursday night game last night, right? Two horrible teams, but I'm you got to soak it up, right? Uh, you know, we thought what, two or three months ago, we were wondering if football was even going to play. Here we are. The Titans are having a little bit of an issue, um, but the NFL keeps on rolling. There's money to be made. Fantasy. I, I mean, life's pretty good out here in the fantasy world. If there's live football, I am going to be watching. I mean, yeah, like you said, man, the place we were in a couple months ago, I mean, to complain about Jets Broncos, that's just not good for, uh, you know, the, the old karma machine out there. So, yeah, bad football for sure. Not going to be put on any uh, coaching clinic tapes anytime soon, but I had a hell of a good time watching it. Yeah, that was fun. And uh, to, we'll talk about this a little in our betting section, but it looks like, uh, you know, we said the first couple of weeks, I think our, our bets were pretty good. And I think Vegas was wrong on them last week. We said they're getting tougher. Now they realize, hey, there's no penalties in the NFL anymore. <laughs> so all the over-unders are juiced way up out of the range. It's going to be a lot of scoring, I think, barring those trends holding. And I, I think they will, right? Because we saw the, the past interference penalty last year, right? Where they're just like, we don't care how egregious it is. We're just not going to overturn it right and i think that's what's going to continue in the nfl so there's a lot of scoring a lot of new strategies but let's sort of jump right into your mismatch manifesto uh it's up on pff if you ever uh, listen to this on podcast if you ever can tune into the live show you get a little uh screen share on this but uh you kind of go through all the you know explosive plays and battles in the trenches let's hash this out at the top of the show um lots of overs uh, over 50 right now lots of offense how do we take advantage of that yeah so this uh, general idea here you know if we talk about a mismatch in football it's always you know third ranked offense versus 25th ranked defense I've combined those numbers to give us you know one base rate and with explosive uh you know pass plays looking at this week three uh main offenses are or actually four main offenses are, st- are sticking out right now the Texans and Deshaun Watson versus the Vikings I think we all understand that you know it's been a rough start for Deshaun Watson and the Texans with that hellacious start to the schedule but he ha- he's averaging a career high right now and you know adjusted completion rate and yards per attempt so even without Hopkins there we've seen the same old Deshaun Watson I think that offense still has plenty of good days ahead the uh, Rams offense versus the Giants look they've been a run first offense but when Goff has thrown he's been efficient as you know anyone could ask for particularly throwing down field so in a spot where I think we're expecting Henderson to have his way you know maybe take an extra long look at a Cooper Cup and Robert Woods because they're also set up well uh, the Packers offense versus the Falcons we'll see with some of these you know injuries hopefully Devontae Abs can get back out there but you know certainly expecting a lot of points in that game either way and then finally the Bills offense offense uh, versus the Raiders. We'll see with John Brown. It sounds like he, he will be out there, but uh, this is another situation where I think Josh Allen and company are clicking enough where if John Brown does miss time, you know, look at Gabriel Davis sitting down there at a 3,200 on DraftKings because I don't think the Raiders are going to be slowing down uh, this offense in week four. Yeah, I'll be talking about the Bills game in just a second, but uh, I think I don't understand why they're just uh, like three-point favorites against yeah. uh, the Raiders. I think they're just far and away the better team specifically because Josh Allen – 
has elevated his game, right? He's a lot more accurate. Three, what was it? No 300 plus passing yard gains. Now he's got three in a row to start the season. I mean, he's just lighting <laughs> it up, um, but I'll give a couple of reasons for that in a second, but that's the explosive offenses. Uh, what else do we want to look out here? A couple other things you always want to look at is pace, right? Teams are, a lot of teams are playing faster because there's not a lot of road noise. Um, that might change over the season as more fans are integrated in the stadiums. But for right now, most stadiums have some sort of limited capacity on fans or no fans. That's allowing pace. It's more plays. There's less penalties. There's more points. It's fun for us at home. Everything's flashing green on FanDuel and DraftKings all the time, hopefully for, for everyone out there. Um, what can we look at for pace uh, this week to, to exploit in DFS? So, yeah, a lot of teams are moving at a good pace, but then there's just a gap between them and then the Cowboys because they are just sprinting up and down the field. And, you know, you listen to McCarthy and Dak talk about it in the media, and it's this is not a situation where they've just, you know, been forced to do this. This is an active, uh, you know, strategy that they want to employ. They want to run as many plays as possible on offense this year. And because of that, their situation neutral pace, which is just seconds per play, you know, when it's not a blowout or anything, is 22.6 seconds. The next closest team is Washington at 26.1. So we have almost a four-second difference in a situation-neutral play between the Cowboys and the next closest team. So, you know, a situation where they're playing the Browns, who, as we've seen this year, you know, get out to leads, not ask Baker do all that much, just be able to lean on the run game. Not so sure that's going to be the case this week. The Cowboys have been able to bring out, you know, the best in their opposing offenses thanks to, you know, their one, their own high-scoring offense, and two, uh, just their piss-poor defense uh, uh, to start, particularly in the secondary. So I uh, really like that Browns-Cowboys games chance that a shootout uh the two really slow paced games i maybe you know just take a second look at before uh, investing too heavily in anyone is jaguars at Bengals and seahawks at dolphins you know i, I wouldn't say uh benching any of these guys just because of the pace but uh it, it is notable with jacksonville moving at the league's slowest uh pace through through four weeks you know i would be a little bit more on the you know potential gardner Minshew bounce back uh if we could get that uh fixed just a little bit higher how dare you trash Russell Wilson in any way, shape, or form? <laughs> I don't like this. It, pace doesn't matter when you're th throwing for like four touchdowns every game because you're so efficient. Right. So I'm, I'm not going to. It's just a piece of the puzzle. That's all. Yeah, I'm going to let you. Uh, in Dallas, too, we saw Mike McCarthy. He was not lying, right? He said, we're going to run as many plays as possible to try to keep up with Russell Wilson last week. Dude didn't lie. I think we got to believe him when, <laughs> when he says some things after that. So that that is a nice boost. I was hoping Kareem Hunt was going to be out. Looks like he's going to end up playing. So you're going to have that. Uh, Two-headed monster in the backfield, but I think you can give a nice little plays, pace, uh, a couple extra targets spread around that Cleveland yeah. offense this week. Uh, what else you want to hit on on your um, manifesto here? What, what else you want to talk about? Yeah, looking at a pressure race between the O-line and opposing D-line, uh, just some dudes that should be under a lot of pressure this week. Lamar Jackson versus Washington. The thing with Lamar is, okay, I want I looked at some of these quarterbacks and the pressure and also their time of release because Lamar, he is under pressure a lot, but he's under pressure a lot because he holds the ball for a long time because no one can tackle him when he's back there. So that's fine. The more the bigger situation uh, to, to worry about is Daniel Jones versus the Rams. You know, I was on that Giants passing game last week. It just seemed like a situation, condensed target share versus a banged up 49ers defense. Didn't work out. You know, Jason Garrett calling plays right now, it's just they're at bottom of the league in play action motion, all the things smart offenses are doing. I think, you know, you know, again, with this matchup, even now being far worse than it was last week, uh, definitely don't be touching uh, anyone too highly on that Giants offense. And then quickly, uh, guys that should have all day to throw, uh, Drew Lyon, uh, Drew Brees versus the Lions, and then Ryan Fitzpatrick versus Seahawks. And the only other thing I'd note here is that Joe Burrow, you know, he's been under pressure all season. Unlike, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson, Burrow's been under pressure, but he's actually also had a top 10 uh, a, a quick quickness of release. So he's getting the ball out quick. He's just still under pressure. This week, though, he might be okay because nobody has generally fewer pressures through three weeks than the Jacksonville Jaguars. So that O-line Cincy, I get it, but this might be the week that Burrow can overcome that. Yeah. Uh, interesting. A couple cheap targets for him out there. You got to see if John Ross is inactive. Uh, maybe we get the rookie. Maybe he's back in there again. Maybe AJ Green becomes the, the king of converting air yards into real yards. Finally, we'll have to see how that plays out. Um, you mentioned the pace in that game might be slow. Got to work it all into a puzzle, though, for DFS. A yeah. uh, couple other things. Let's go to the trench battles. Offensive line, defensive line, uh, in the run game. These are things that can be real important. What do you got for me in this one? Yeah, so looking at yards before contact here to try to, you know, just isolate line play instead of the running backs. But, you know, we got a situation where we got a positive meeting, a positive, and that's Dalvin Cook versus the Texans. Oh, yeah. uh, should have plenty of runway, and we all saw what he can do last week, you know, with the ball in his hands. This dude truly is one of the league's uh, best talents as a true ball carrier. So excited for that. Uh, Lamar Jackson and company versus the Washington football team, you know, 
they're a 14 point favorite. So these running backs are probably going to find the end zone who it's going to be, you know, on their kind of respective eight to 12 touches per game. We'll see. But if you can figure that out, that could be a little bit of an edge in a muddled situation. Uh, Patriots running back by committee versus the chiefs. Interesting situation because, you know, if Damian Harris stays out. Maybe we can trust Sony Michelle a little more. If James White stays out, maybe we can trust, continue to trust Burkhead, but if they're all together, I think they're going to more or less cancel each other out with cam uh, getting all that goal line work. So uh, only other situations I would, I would mention is a, uh, Los Angeles Chargers are not set up well against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but when they're not set up well on the ground, that's almost a positive for Austin Eckler. And we've mm-hmm. seen Justin Herbert over these last two weeks really uh, reinvigorate both Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler. And uh, I would just note that this is not the spot to, uh, you know, go back to the well with Joshua Kelly. It looks like Justin Jackson is going to return to fold. So bad matchup and potential for those uh, snaps to begin split. You think that turn, that's not going to turn into a three-headed monster. I think it's going to become Eckler and then the other two basically cannibalize each other, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I don't think it's – nothing's going to hurt Eckler. It's just going to hurt Kelly. Yeah, I would agree with that as well here. Uh, a couple other things here. Passing game. Uh, let's look at some yards for drop back. What do you, what do you got for me here? Yeah, with the yards per uh, drop back, kind of same thing as the explosive pass plays. And we're seeing Jared Goff, uh, Josh Allen, and Russell Wilson really stand out as the top three offenses. So don't have a ton there. The the last thing I want to touch on here, though, is combined offensive and uh, defensive EPA per play. Man, it's, you know, maybe it's just been league wide and the overs are hitting. But even last week, uh, you know, it was still the over was, I believe, nine and seven on the week as a whole. So contrary to popular belief, unders still have been hitting uh, occasionally. But man, I mean, it's been a great trend so far uh, with this combined EPA. with, uh, where you know we have an offense combining their EPA per play with the defenses, EPA per play allowed. And anyway, when we've had an offense on both sides of the ball with a positive number uh, in these charts I've been making, 12, 12 out of 15 on the overs so far. So, you know, looking really good. Last week, the only game that busted was that Jaguars Thursday night game. So, uh, again, another crop of uh, contenders this week, Saints-Lions, Jaguars-Bengals, Vikings-Texans, Seahawks-Dolphins, Browns-Cowboys, Patriots-Chiefs, Bills-Raiders, and Falcons-Packers. I'm going back to well with it. The over-unders have been juiced up. You know, I don't think it's a, you know, one-all, be-all trend or anything like that. Uh, so a situation, you know, like the Bengals-Jaguars, perhaps, you know, think about the pace and other things of that nature. But, you know, there are worst overs to you know hang your hat on than a situation where we can confidently project both offenses to you know be at least in an above average spot all right if you want to check out ian's article it is uh currently behind the paywall over at pff ian behind the paywall but you know i've been telling people on the podcast Premium content it says right here with a little green flag yeah but i, I got a way how they can get a you know pff sub for twenty dollars that's you go to monkey knife fight uh you know uh, d- d- daily fantasy and prop website use code pff deposit twenty dollars you'll get a pff edge subscription which is a forty dollar value for that twenty dollars and then you can also use uh that twenty dollars on monkey knife fight to go try and make some money so that's the code uh yeah code pff all right. Speaking of code PFF, right? Here's another one. You want to save some more money. Uh, if you want to get a Roto-Grinders premium subscription, normally it's $39.99. Uh, Devin is dropping it in the chat right now on YouTube for anybody. If you want to check it out, if you want to look at projected ownership, if you want to look at projections, if you want to look at gridiron IQ, if you want access to lineup HQ because you want to pump 150, 300, 1,000 entries into whatever the heck you want to every week, uh, we are offering you a $5 discount. Uh, it is code PFF off your first month, five bucks. Uh, if you sign up at Roto-Grinders Premium and a little bit more, if you want to get all the niche sports in our experts package, uh, I believe it's called, uh, you can save a couple more bucks there. But if you're just looking for baseball, basketball, football, and golf, we can save you five bucks code PFF when you sign up at Roto-Grinders for your first month. Uh, all right, let's jump into our bets of the week. Uh, a couple ones. First thing I want to say, is these big favorites this week. There's two I really like. I I legitimately feel you can just add the Ravens and the Rams to win outright as to like any bet that you want. And you're just going to collect some extra coin on that. You can, I I literally don't know how those teams lose this week. The matchups are just too good. Like even if Lamar Jackson breaks his leg on the first play of the game, the Ravens are going to win that. Even if Jared Goff goes down, the Rams are going to win that game. I just don't see anything where those two teams don't win. So you can just sort of tack those on, in my opinion. The two I like, I already mentioned, I like the Bills, right? I like, I I don't, I know they're traveling across the country and the Raiders have looked okay, but the Patriots showed, they showed you what the Raiders are. They're just not really good. The Bills are, I don't, the Bills might be better than the Patriots. If the Patriots can whoop on the Raiders, I think the Bills can do the same, if not more. Very similar play styles, I think, in those games, both offensively and defensively. I don't know how the Bills don't just, you know, win by double digits in this thing. So I like them minus three. 
Uh, that's mine. I'll get to my second one in just a second. Uh, what are you looking at this weekend? Yeah, I'm uh, going back to well with the money line parlay. We was able to hit on that week two. Went one on one against the spread picks last week, and you know, mentioned the overs before. But yeah, you know, we were talking before the show, and you mentioned the Rams Ravens, and I, I agree with you. I didn't think they would you know move the needle that much in the parlay, but as you were saying, you know, just simple uh, Bills Ravens uh, Rams, you're able to get an extra forty bucks on there. So definitely recommend that. Uh, excluding those teams for a second, though, uh, I do have another five team money line parlay. I'm a fan of this week. I'm, I'm with you on the bills. I just don't think the Raiders uh, are quite that team. We saw they knocked off the saints and we all kind of freaked out, but I think as we're seeing this uh, version of the saints offense, yeah. isn't quite the same juggernaut. Uh, I think the Cowboys are going to uh, get back on track against the Browns. It's not sure the Browns are going to be able to keep up with that offense uh, with the saints. I think the lions, you know, Hey, they, they got back in the win column last week, but still an offense that, you know, is just, trying to force feed Adrian Peterson 20 plus carries per game. I think we're going to see the saints uh, if, if not be, you know, the super bowl contender, we thought they're going to get back on track uh, here. Buccaneers against the chargers, you know, Justin Herbert, I think we're just giving them, you know, a little too much credit for uh, staying with Mahomes in that week two spot. This is a spread that I think could easily be uh, double digits. And then the Seahawks against the dolphins, you know, I know the Seahawks secondary has, uh, has been a problem and Fitzpatrick can probably put up some points, but I just don't see a way where the Seahawks are losing this game. So Cowboys, saints, Buccaneers, Seahawks, and bills, you can bet 100 to win 486 bucks, so almost you know uh, five to one right there. I'm a fan. Let's get it. Uh, my other one's going to be Arizona. You know, it took Kyler Murray throwing three picks last week for them to lose that game. Uh, I think they're just miles ahead of uh, the the Carolina Panthers in this game. The, you know, without Christian McCaffrey, the Panthers defense we all thought it was going to be one of the worst. It's it's really playing out that way. I think Arizona's just too talented. I think Kyler Murray's too good. You know, this DeAndre Hopkins angle thing. Well, it's up to him if he's going to play. Newsflash, DeAndre Hopkins is going to play. <laughs> he's probably going to play well. Uh, Arizona minus three and a half is my other one. I had them last week, right? That didn't work out. Uh, I, I, I'm not expecting Kyler Murray to throw three picks in a game pretty much maybe for like his entire career. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm going to, I'm going to take the Arizona minus three and a half for my, my second bet here. So we're up to five and two on the season over here. Hopefully it goes to seven to two and don't forget Ravens Rams. It's always really, it's, you know, it's tough putting those giant favorites, but I think you can literally, it's just free money this week. Yeah. Uh, it's not free money like the 49ers against the Jets when Vegas was giving them to us at like minus 300. These are like minus 1,000, <laughs> minus 600. But um, I, I legit don't know how they lose this week. So yes. let's take a look. At Agreed. Um, all right, let's go to position by position. We like to talk some cash plays, some tournament plays. The first thing is this week's pretty wide open. There's a lot of like, there's a lot of, mid-tier running back value there's a lot of mid-tier wide receiver value there's no um you know if michael thomas do you want to play him do you want to play deandre hopkins who's really expensive right so i think there's going to be a lot of variety there's no you know kyler murray 6100 like we had week two or whatever there's no must-have quarterback in cash so i think there's going to be some diversity this week I just really think it's it's hard to make a lot of bad plays because I think all of these mid-tier plays are really good this week. I do like, I mentioned, you know, I talked about the Bills. I like Josh Allen and Cash at quarterback. The Raiders 28th in pass rush grade over at PFF, 27th in coverage grade. In close, he's, he's the running back who's going to score the touchdowns. He's got 300 plus passing yards in all three games, 30 plus fantasy points in all three games. I, I just don't see, imagine if, Cam Newton ran in two touchdowns last week instead of Rex Burkhead getting them all right. We just, everyone would be mashing Josh Allen. Don't look at it like that. I, I just think Allen's basically a lock to get you 25, something like that. And fantasy points, he's got the 30 plus upside. Uh, I know a lot of other people were looking at like Deshaun Watson. There's Russell Wilson. The, the key is right. I think you have to use these rushing quarterbacks on really good offenses that have shown they're just these offenses are just better than everybody else out there that's what you want to focus in on cash I know you want to talk about Russell Wilson really easy to stack with too I'm not going to argue with you as long as you're picking from yeah. from the known quantities in cash games this week 
Yeah, absolutely. I think there's enough value, uh, you know, elsewhere, as you mentioned, that you can pay up at the quarterback uh, position this week. And yeah, you know, scholars debate if Josh Allen will ever throw for under 300 yards ever again at this point. So they uh, <laughs> truly are looking great uh, so far. But yeah, I, you know, just some of the cash game lines I've been able to build so far, I have been able to get not only Russell Wilson, but also, you know, Metcalf and Lockett uh, in there together with some of the RB values uh, elsewhere. So, you know, if you do that, you have to pay down tight end and do some other things. But I do think it's worth it at this point, because not only are Russ and this Seattle passing game just going off, but we have like really almost it's hard to name another situation like this where the target share is so condensed around two players. I mean, no one else is uh, getting involved. And going into last week, Chris Carson was their number three receiver in targets. And now he's even banged up. So he's going to try to gut it out. But truly, I mean, there's just the, you know, the scenario of Russ, you know, going off, having his usual 300 plus yards and multiple touchdowns and uh, Metcalf and Lockett not being a big part of that. It's just tough to see right now. So, you know, I'm continuing to go back to the well in a matchup that again, you know, Dolphins improved their secondary and off season, but, Byron Jones is out in week three. They shut down Gardner Minshew and company without DJ Chark. That's not scaring me off. I think Ross and company can put up points against anyone right now. I'm happy to pay up for it. You mentioned Watson earlier, right? And some of the other things you talked about. Talk to me on him real quick, right? Because he's cheap. He hasn't been running as much, but the, you said the passing was more efficient. Just go explain that really quick in maybe 30 seconds for the people. Mainly me. I want to know about this too, because I'm concerned. Yeah. So just, you know, adjust the completion percentage, which is, you know, incorporating throwaways and all and, and all that jazz into it. Like he is at a career high right now, 74.7%, despite having uh, those matchups against the Chiefs, Ravens, and Steelers. And the yards per attempt, again, at 8.2 is as high as it's ever been. So, Prime by low cannon, not only this week, but moving forward, they get the Vikings, Jaguars twice, uh, Titans, Packers, and Browns. I mean, look, we've seen Watson, even in these worst case matchups, uh, you know, he's still been able to put up points. He's a king garbage time. Even if this game goes a little bit more awry than we think, I mean, Watson's floor, I think just remains as high as ever. All right. Uh, tournaments. Uh, I'm, you like Russell Wilson. Uh, I, I how, how about some Fitz magic this week? Uh, you might hear him dropping in uh, a little bit later, at least for me here, 300 plus four touchdowns. He's got some running upside too. What is not to like in this matchup here? He's going to be, I don't know, 5% owner less. It's the cheaper end of the Seattle game. All of his targets are cheaper, right? So you get some more money. Hey, if you want, if you want Russ with Lockett and DK Metcalf, you're probably not going to have Kamara or Zeke or something like that. Well, you can get that with the Miami stack in there pretty easily. You can run it back with one of those top two options and have some extra money. There's literally no pass rush for the Seahawks, right? Didn't PFF, they had to study, was it pass rush or was it coverage? And apparently you, you got to have a little bit of each because nothing's working for Seattle right now with absolutely no pass rush. That's going to allow Fitzpatrick to chuck those deep balls. So I'm really liking them. Seattle's given up the most pass yards, most EPA per pass, the highest percent of pass plays, the most 20 plus passing yard plays and the second most fantasy points to quarterbacks. There's no Jamal Adams this week. How do you not want Fitzpatrick in tournaments? Our ownership is at 5%. I think that's about right because the high end at quarterback is so good and they've been so um, so consistent on the high end of giving you performances that I think he's going to be able to sneak in under the radar. Uh, I, I am loving me the Dolphin stacks this week. Give me, give me Fitzmagic. And the thing is too, you want to have that rushing upside. He's got a little bit of it. So it, it might not be Lamar Jackson, but he can run in for a touchdown. He can scramble for 40 yards, get you some free points that way too. What's what's not to like, Ian? Yeah, and Quentin Dunbar is banged up too in addition to Adam. So you already have this secondary that, again, has been god-awful all, all season, and now it's even a banged-up version of that. So uh, I'm with you there, and there's definitely affordable stacks to make with uh, Parker and Jaseki, maybe more on those guys in a bit. I'm looking at the Ohio QBs. Uh, Joe Burrow coming in. Look, like, brutal start to the season in terms of this Bengals O-line and kind of, uh, you know, what we've seen there. But I think Burrow has been, you know, a shining uh, star kind of throughout this. He has been the fantasy QB9 through these first three weeks despite all this because volume and that's what we love in fantasy football league high 164 dropbacks through three weeks you know kind of like uh, uh fitz magic okay burrow's not going to confuse you with lamar jackson as a rusher anytime soon but you know 16 carries for 64 yards and one score on the ground kind of reflects what we saw at lsu which is the guy can get out there and make some plays when you don't respect him as a rusher so uh jaguars secondary mentioned this in the earlier part but you know their pass rush has not generated more pressures than anybody uh this season i think the secondary you know when we saw them against uh Fitzpatrick and Tannehill over the past two weeks didn't come close to slowing them down you know Burrow Boyd I'm gonna go AJ Green T Higgins uh, plenty affordable stacks to go pay up and then Baker Mayfield 
you know, pretty much the same reasoning why we're going with Fitzpatrick, where he's facing an awful secondary. And I don't even think people know just how bad the Cowboys secondary has been because they're pretty much number two behind the Seahawks, you know, every uh, metric and like yards allowed and all that. But they have been the single luckiest defense this year in terms of just drop rate against. I mean, everyone's been dropping passes against the Cowboys and they've been catching more passes because they just can't cover them uh, throughout the game. Cowboys remain banged up. The issue with this Browns offense is they've been so run heavy. I mean, only 23 pass attempts for Baker over these last two weeks. But, you know, talking about the pace from before, talking about the Cowboys offense, their bad defense. If there's going to be a week where we can see, you know, OBJ and Jarvis Landry get those double digit targets to enable Mayfield to a big day, I think it's this one. Yeah, I can uh, get behind on all those extra plays uh, that you talked about in the beginning, a big plus for Baker Mayfield. Uh, All right, that does it with the quarterback talk. Let's move on to the running back position and let's, uh, we can duke it out over $5,700, $5,600 running backs here. We've got (laughs) Mike Davis in one quarter. We've got David Johnson in the other. Do you want the running back who's caught eight passes each of the past two weeks? PP catches. I don't even care what you're doing. Those are just so important, specifically on DraftKings, right? And Mike Davis, you've got David Johnson. I think he's going to have to give a little bit of work to Duke Johnson. Uh, so the law firm of Johnson and Johnson, uh, if you need your, uh, your no tears, baby, baby shampoo, you can get that in Houston this week. Um, but I like Mike Davis. I think he's looking pretty juicy here. Uh, back-to-back eight receptions, Arizona's 23rd in run defense. They're allowing 27 fantasy points a game to running backs. Those are basically going to be all Mike Davis's fantasy points. He's playing 80 plus percent of the snaps. Um, they're allowing the third highest success rate to running back passes. So those little dump offs, maybe they're, you know, focusing more on outside receivers. Hell you should, right. That, that's how you stop. You know, you, if you want to play good defense, you should be doing that, but that just allows Mike Davis to get these little six and seven yard receptions. Those count for a lot of fantasy points when you're getting six to eight of them a game. Uh, I think I can trust him just a little bit more than David Johnson. Maybe it's the Deshaun Watson game that we have. And I know David Johnson can compete in the passing game. There's some good targets. Will Fuller, we were all worried about that hamstring there. He's just like, nah, I just gave him a day off. Did Bob. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what Deshaun Watson does this week, but I like Mike Davis. I know you like David Johnson. This is like, this is the tier to get for maybe two or maybe even three or cash game running backs from this week. Yeah, that's, that's about saying I'm not going to disagree with you with Mike Davis. Why not Mike Davis and David Johnson uh, yeah. in the same line? If you can uh, certainly do that. I know Ken and Drake sitting there with you know, the dream matchup against the Panthers uh, rush defense. And, you know, even uh, Joe You've given up on Drake. You've been on Drake. He, he just keeps burning us every week. Uh, if, if, <laughs> if it's not this week for Drake, right, I might like cross, start crossing them off. This needs to be the week for him. I mean, everyone can score touchdowns on the ground against the Panthers. So if Drake can't find there this week, if Kyler just keeps vulturing them, then maybe Wolves need to take a step back. But no, I think Drake and Mixon and, and David Johnson, honestly, for season-long leagues, I know we're talking DFS, but three uh, just prime by low candidates right now because they have the workload we want, just haven't quite gotten the scores. And that's what it comes down to with David Johnson. And I think also if you want to pay down a defense, uh, you know, we'll get more into this later. I agree with what you're saying where there's not a prime defense that we should, you know, be really targeting down there. There, but he's at 2,500 is doable, particularly if you want to pair him with David Johnson. We've seen this Vikings offense look, you know, pretty erratic all season, unless unless it's Dalvin Cook with the ball in his hands. So, you know, mentioned Dalvin earlier. He has a good matchup. Uh, Kirk Cousins has one of these floor games that, you know, we've seen him have, uh, you know, this year and just in the past, uh, I think a situation we could really benefit from. So, so Duke coming back, I mean, okay, I, I think I'd give you the nod with uh, Mike Davis, slightly over uh, David Johnson. But even if David Johnson's role, like, drops considerably, what, he's go from 90 percent snaps to 70 percent and still getting uh 15 20 touches so he's looked good this year man i mean i know broken tackles uh kind of gets frowned upon in the uh, fantasy industry but i think it's at least a good enough sign to kind of uh, denote how someone's doing uh you know hashtag watch the film and all that and david johnson's uh force missed tackles per touch rate are nearly double what we saw over the past two years and actually approaching his 2015 2016 levels so the volume that we all wanted him to have has been there and he's, he's looked better than i think we expected so rough start the year by really I think the Texans offense better days are, are, are here to come all around. All right. So you mentioned Dalvin Cook. He is my like GPP play of the week here. There's a couple of reasons. One, Houston just stinks, right? If you go looking, if you go to G- Gridiron IQ, I got it pulled up on the screen here, right? A uh, real quick and easy way to see, hey, should you target exposition against, you know, defense? You go, you pull up the rush tab, right? It's Christmas. It's all green over here on Gridiron IQ over on Roto Grinders. Houston's allowed the most rushing yards. They're allowing the highest percent of rush plays uh, of anyone in the league. 
and Dalvin Cook, he's, he's back. You know, we were worried. Alexander Madison after week one, right? I think he played like 40% of the snaps. Well, he's back to playing 20% of the snaps or less because Dalvin Cook as he emerges. Guess what? A really good running back in the NFL. Everyone's also spending on Zeke and Kamara. I think those are fine plays too, right? But that's where everybody's going. I mean, Dalvin Cook can outdo as good as those plays are. Dalvin Cook can beat both of them by 20 points on any given week in fantasy points. So you get a bit a little little bit of leverage off the highest owned running back. Just save a couple of bucks on them too. What's not to like here? A total mismatch you mentioned uh, on the offensive line in the trenches there, at least in yards before contact. On football outsiders, it's adjusted line yards. Just a huge mismatch in favor of the Minnesota offense. And I went over the, the team grades. I look at those basically every week at PFF to see where teams are and where they're trending. Texans 26 and rush degrade as a team. I, I, I think Dalvin Cook's going to run all over, pass all over, score all over the Houston defense this week. And uh, you, you could probably do it in cash. I think I would just go up to Kamara or probably Zeke. Those are obviously, I think, a little bit better plays. But in tournaments, the little ownership percentage you gain plus the ability of Cook to just have an enormous week. Uh, I couple extra bucks and savings uh, I, I like cooking tournaments this week yeah I, I think it is good to mention though Kamara and cash and we both seem to be on the pay, uh, same page there at 8,000 man I feel like he's four digits uh, underpriced yeah. though because I mean McCaffrey was flirting with 10k uh, if, for stretches. if Thomas is back and fully like expected to play here do you think these last couple of weeks where Kamara what's he he's had double digit targets in both of them right yeah. he had 14 and then he had nine he's so efficient on those little dump offs right because that is what drew Brees' noodle alarm could do dump <laughs> it off to kamara but i mean 81 receptions right on the year that's what he's gonna get he's he's way <laughs> over that right now so he's got to come down at some point he's on pace for 144 but yeah you know it's a an unstoppable force meeting an immovable object with the 81 receptions uh versus drew Brees' noodle arm so we'll see uh which one gives in when it's all said and done but yeah you know i do think there's enough value elsewhere you know I, i've been pleased with the cash bills i can have uh kamara in there so with or without thomas i mean i think he's in a great spot uh this week but yeah kind of echoing what you said about the uh just kind of chalky ranges is at the top and then just that 5500 to six thousand dollar range so i think in tournaments if you can kind of attack that you know 6,000, you know, that post Drake to kind of like the 7,200 range or so uh, might have some options because all these guys are set up pretty well. You can make a case for, you know, seemingly all of them. Clyde Edwards Solaire, I think would be a lot more expensive if the pricing came out after Monday Night Football. You look at the Patriots defending these Chiefs back as receivers over the past few years. It's been a disaster. Kareem Hunt went for two touchdowns receiving once over 100 yards uh, receiving another time. Damian Williams in the AFC Championship had two receiving touchdowns. I mean, Andy Reid just has uh, Belichick's number when it comes to these receiving RBs and obviously that's a huge part of Edward Solaire's game. Uh, James Robinson is the PPR RB5 this season and facing the Bengals' atrocious run defense. I know Chris Thompson gets involved, but, I mean, hey, this guy's been producing, and he's certainly not going to be, you know, the chalkiest running back out there. Uh, Josh Jacobs at home looking at 20-plus touches and okay game script. Austin Eckler, chance to play from behind. Nick Chubb maybe set for more work and a great matchup without Hunt. I mean, again, I get the allure of the cheaper options, but if you just want to fade, you know, some of these guys, you know, Mike Davis's, David Johnson, David Montgomery, uh, four or just some of these, you know, I think objectively more talented and better running backs that are still in good spots uh, in tournaments. I think it's a really easy way to differentiate, differentiate your lineup and not really hurt your upside. And that five to $6,000 tier just got a little bit even juicier in tournaments because now we got the Ronald Jones, he's 4,700 and everyone, you know, cost savings and algorithms and projections, right? When people are jamming in 150 lineups, that's what really dictates ownership and things like that. So with Ronald Jones being priced below them, he's going to eat up a good chunk of the ownership by the time everything adjusts to it. So those little five to 6,000 running backs are going to be really juicy in tournaments. Keep your eye on that uh, as the week progresses. Uh, let's go to wide receiver. And this is just, you know, I mentioned at the top of the show, just an absolutely loaded mid-tier. And I, the, the receivers have gotten, they're really flat pricing on DraftKings. Basically, everybody good is like 5,500 to 7,000. There's a, usually a bunch of crap, 5,000 and below. And there's a couple of elite players like Hopkins and Michael Thomas, that'll, you know, and Devontae Adams, if he was healthy, that'll kind of float up towards the top. But everybody's sandwiched in. You just can't fit all these dudes on a roster because you only got three or four spots for wide receivers. So cash games, a couple guys I'm looking at, I mean, without Chris Godwin, right? Maybe even with a, a, a Scotty Miller, maybe banged up a little bit. Mike Evans, a 6,400. What? That looks pretty good. Uh, you talked about Robert Woods slash Cooper Cup. Woods is just 6,300. He's got some rushes. He's always in the mix. If he ever catches touchdowns, 
he's going to be in line for a good week against the Giants. That's a good way uh, to maybe look right there. Uh, I mean, I could just keep going down. You've got Will Fuller, if if he's going to be healthy against Minnesota, at 5,900 looks pretty good. Odell Beckham Jr., I know you like Baker Mayfield. DJ Moore is going to be the chalk play at 5,600. Robbie Anderson's out producing him across the board. He's even cheaper. There's just this little mid-tier at wide receiver is so strong. Um, I don't even... I know you like Tyler Lockett, 7,000, right? You don't even need something like that this week. So this allows you to get something like those high-end running backs. You can get a Kamara or Zeke or maybe both and just jam in this 5,000 to $6,200 tier at wide receiver. Maybe you go a little cheaper at tight end than everybody else, but I don't know, I don't know if I really like the, the tight end everyone's going to be using this week. We'll talk about that uh, as we progress through the show, but Man, I just love this mid-tier at wide receiver. It's so good. Take a look at all those guys. Uh, DJ Moore is going to be the chalk of the week. We got to see what else plays out there. But Odell at 58 in an up-paced game, I think his targets are certainly going to rise this week. Uh, and then the, the Mike Evans, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Keenan Allen got 19 targets. That doesn't happen <laughs> all the time. And if Herbert's just going to lock onto him, right, in hard knocks, he goes, Keenan, you're my dude, right? It's not, they're not lying to us this year. Mike McCarthy's not lying. Justin Herbert's not lying. He loves Keenan Allen. I mean, to get 19 targets for 6,500, you know, it happened last week. It's probably not going to happen this week, but it's within the range of outcomes. I mean, these prices are just too good to pass up in the mid-tier wide receiver. Yeah, I hear you. You know, honestly, just when I've been making these bills, the guy, I, I want the, you know, Russell Wilson, Metcalf, Lockett, Stack, and then with Kamara, you know, it, it's once you start getting more of these options, you, like you said, you got to go down a tight end, and I think you might have to go down at one more spot. If you want to do that, then I think you you could take a look at these Patriots uh, complimentary wide receivers. Those are the only guys, I think, at 4,000 and under that you can, you know, reasonably feel good about getting, you know, five, six-plus targets in a matchup against the Chess, uh, Chiefs defense that – you know, I think the storyline coming out on Monday night is that the Chiefs shut down Lamar Jackson. I mean, not really. He still ran all over him. He missed Hollywood Brown for two would-be long touchdowns. Mark Andrews had a touchdown go off his hands. I mean, that game could look very differently if they uh, played it out uh, more than five times. Cam Newton is passing offense. We saw what they did against the Seahawks. It's a game where they projected out the play from behind. You know, I think Nikhil Harry at 4,000 and even Demir Bird at 3,000. We're getting two of the three wide receivers that are on the field and three wide receiver sets for the Patriots when they want to throw the ball. Obviously, Edelman's, you know, the favorite to uh, do his thing. But, you know, as I think we can see, uh, defense is really focused on Edelman. Cam has to go elsewhere with the ball. Uh, you know, wouldn't be shocked. And it's just a little bit of chance for salary relief. So, you know, I'm not going to disagree with anything he said. You know, Mike Evans is the guy that's standing out to me like, man, last week it was, you know, Allen Robinson. This week I think it's Mike Evans where it's like maybe just lock this guy into almost every single lineup because, you know, the, I just don't see him, you know, finishing under 100 and, you know, a touchdown. So he's not really as chalky Six at the receptions, moment. 10 yards, six touchdowns for Mike. <laughs> he's the he's the Jordan Howard of the wide receiver position right now, but seriously, man, so love that and uh and yeah, so if you really want to get you know a little maybe I do need to come off Kamara and just take you know Mike Davis so I can pay up for another one of these wide receivers or something like that. But I do think uh, Nikhil Harry at four thousand, Demir Bird at three thousand, that's about the lowest you can go and still feel somewhat okay about it. Yeah, one note it does look like Mike Williams is probably going to be out. He remains sidelined for today's practice. I just saw that cross. Those Keenan Allen targets, the Austin Eckler targets, those are going to be there. So keep an eye on that. If we like the Patriots offense, Ronald Jones, Mike Evans, maybe even a Gronkowski. Maybe you hear me talk about him in just a little bit. Uh, you're going to want a couple of those Chargers players too to run it back with. And I think there's plenty of options on, on that side. Uh, any Anything else at wide receiver you want to hit on or you want to go go to the tight end position? Uh, real quick, a couple of GPP guys. Uh, I, you know, we're looking at this uh, Rams offense. They're just going to run all over the Giants, which they very well might. But you know what? They got to put up points somehow. And Cooper Cup and Robert Woods uh, still both priced under 7K. You know, it's like a poor man's version of kind of the Seahawks passing game where, okay, they're not going to be quite as explosive, quite as pass happy, but uh, still pretty much can condensed around those two guys more weeks than not. So, uh, you know, golf cup, wood stacks could be a nice contrarian stack there. Uh, Tyler Boyd at 6,100, you know, is kind of getting lost among these guys. But again, really like that matchup for Burrow. And if Burrow's going to have a big day, Boyd's probably going to be right there along with them. Also got Higgins and AJ Green as cheaper options. The last guy I mentioned is uh, Golden Tate at 4,600. You know, he's healthy. He's playing a full-time role. Darius Slayton's probably going to be the one with Jalen Ramsey tracking him all over the field. You know, I, I we saw what happened with the Giants last week. It's 
tough to really uh, put your stick and neck out there for anyone on this team. I get it. But if you do want to, you know, uh, have a little dance with the devil here, go ahead and go with Golden Tate. Um, Jason Garrett offense. I'm going to pass in the year 2020. Yeah. Just, 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 not, just not working too good. It, they'll, they'll have a couple of good games. So I think their offense, even just with Saquon gone and with Sterling Shepard gone, the, the target tree so condensed that eventually they're going to have a good game. I don't, I don't hate Tate. Uh, let's go to tight end. I, I want to talk about the, the Waller baller here because he's looking, everybody is falling over themselves to play Darren Waller this week. It looks like based off projected ownership and sure. Right. The, after the 16 target game against new Orleans in week two, why wouldn't you want to do that? You got Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards. They're out, right? Why wouldn't you want to play Darren Waller? I just see the bills sort of doing the same thing that bill Belichick did last week. And just, uh, Hey, someone else, anybody, <laughs> beat us right because it's not going to be darren waller he's the only guy who can consistently move the chains for the raiders on offense in the passing game and if you take him away that offense is just going to struggle i don't see why the bills don't sort of follow that same game plan they got two um reasonably good coverage linebackers back last week so they can cover waller you know decently well why don't they put tredavious white you know and have him work on some Darren Waller once in a while. I don't think that's out of the question. So everybody's looking at Waller. I'm going to have to really think about it. I know, um, you know, I look at the blitz and a couple other projections. They really like Waller this week because they think the, 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 the target share is really going to be there. I don't know. I'm not so sure about it. I'm looking at, uh, ho hopefully he's not TJ Blockinson and hopefully he's TJ Lockinson because I'm looking at him against the saints and this just looks like the juiciest matchup. The Saints can't stop anybody at tight end right now. Stafford's back. Uh, Galladay's in there. He's going to be running the deep routes. Hawkinson should be able to operate over the middle. They're not passing the running backs with Adrian Peterson back there, right? It's going to the, the guys we know it's going to be going to in the passing game. And if we like the other side of the ball to maybe score some points, why can't TJ Hawkinson have him? So he's, I'm looking at him for a swerve. I think I'm, I'm probably on an Island on that in the DFS world, but I'm okay being on an Island, even in cash games. If it's something I believe in had seven targets last week against Arizona, 16, 10 and nine fantasy points. I just, I don't really see how he kills you, especially if this game scores a lot of points and Stafford has to sling it around. I think it's a perfect spot for Hawkinson. I, I got a, you know, my attention brought to Hawkinson earlier this week. I had Dwayne McFarlane context matters uh, on Twitter. He came on uh, the PFF fantasy football podcast, uh, which I'm putting out there five days a week and pretty much brought up that, Hey, while Hawkinson, you know, didn't have a good game at all in that flow chart matchup against the Cardinals last week, season high in snaps, season high in routes. They really seemed to elevate his role, which was surprising with Galladay coming back in that game. But, you know, it ended up being Hawkinson that was out there more than even any other wide receiver. So, you know, it's finally, a, finally it's taken a while, but it might actually be, you know, Galladay one, Hawkinson two in the pecking order moving forward. And with the matchup thrown in there, uh, I'm with you. If you can't pay up that much for him and you got to try to go cheaper, though, I think Logan Thomas at 3,500 uh, is the answer it's, it's just in terms of opportunity i mean look i'm not gonna sit here and stand for anyone this washington offense other than terry mclaurin uh at this point brutal match against the ravens i get it but you know what only darren waller Noah font and travis kelsey have more targets at the position this year i mean it's just you know if we can get eight literally eight targets at 3500 you, you gotta do it to try what's to get, a, what's know, a the Dwayne Haskins? i'm starting i've i've been on thomas every week but these Dwayne Haskins targets are garbage. <laughs> like they count as like a half a target in my book when you're doing on the spreadsheet. That's what that's what I'm putting them at. That's a interesting <laughs> idea, though. I, I guess we kind of I guess we already kind of have some some weighted targets. But I've always weighted targets in terms of like downfield or in the red zone. But actually incorporating the quarterback. I, I like where your head's at there. <laughs> oh man, just uh, there there there's talk. Uh, I guess they had a little meeting with Haskins, and they said if you play like crap again. Someone, someone else is going to be playing quarterback in Washington pretty soon. So yeah. uh, don't know if that happens this game, but just keep oh, an eye. Over, over under two and a half quarters this week for Haskins. I'd take over for sure. Okay. I, know, I would imagine. Um, so I want to talk a tournament play and I'm going to look uh, Undertaker gif. Rob Ronkowski. He is, he has come back to life here. Uh, so he surfaced uh, or rose up to about 90% of the snaps last week after he was a little bit lower than that through the first two. And uh, O.J. Howard saw a decrease on snaps. So it's clear that, hey, through the first couple of weeks, and this was Bruce Arians nonsense, right? Rob Brokowski's a blocker. He's a blocker. He's a blocker. And then he gets the most targets of anyone on the team last week. So if he's going to be out there, 
I think it's a reasonably good matchup. The the Chargers defense is pretty garbage. You always want, you know, these trends, right? Uh, I saw it with John Smith. I had Hunter Henry last week. These big home favorite tight ends, this is when they have the outlier performances. So why not take a look at Gronk this week? Everybody's going to be playing Ronald Jones. I would imagine, you know, like the running back, if he's not scoring touchdowns, those close touchdowns, it's usually the big pass catching Gronk scoring touchdown machine, right? So you get a little bit of swerve, uh, a little bit of leverage on the Ronald Jones ownership, which is going to creep up uh, as we approach Sunday. I think it's a great spot. I expect the snaps to stay up there. They're hurt everywhere else. Why, why won't Tom Brady find Rob Gronkowski again this week? So we got Mike McCarthy and Justin Herbert as truth tellers. Yeah. Bruce Arians is a liar. <laughs> I ate that up last week too. I believed him. I was like, yeah, okay, Gronk, he's a blocker. Even Gronk said it. And then, yeah, it goes out there and gets fed the ball like no other. So, yeah, I, I like that call. I'm looking at Mike Jasicki at only 5,100. He is a wide receiver. He has only played uh, 14 total snaps as an inline tight end through three weeks. I mean, truly, he is their slot receiver. Now, it's annoying because Isaiah Ford is out there a lot too. Uh, you know, Preston Williams and Devontae are kind of the top two and then Jasicki uh, and Ford are more or less splitting snaps in the slot so it's not ideal but with that said you know this is a game we've talked about Fitzpatrick and Russ and the potential for points to be flying on the scoreboard and Jasicki is a slot receiver going up against the Seahawks defense that we've seen get annihilated by you know Edelman, C.D. Lamb, pretty much everybody uh, this season and as weird as week three was Fitz only had 20 pass attempts. Like that's not going to happen in more weeks and not moving forward. I, you know, I'm going to really go on a ledge here and, and go on a limb here and say that the, you know, Dolphins are not going to build a multi-touchdown lead uh, over the Seahawks by halftime. So potential shootout, you know, I love the Fitz, uh, Fitz Magic, Devontae Parker stacks, obviously, but, you know, round that out with Jasicki or Preston Williams, I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I like that. Uh, give me, give me like 30 seconds on defense is what you're looking at. And then we'll, uh, we'll get to the part of the show everyone really wants to tune in for. Yeah, yeah. Mentioned uh, Texans at 2,500. I think that's the only cheap defense you can really have any sort of confidence in. I mean, I get it. Her horrific opening stretch and now Cousins, you know, is popping as someone, you know, mentioned before in the mismatch manifesto as that could be dealing with a lot of pressure. Uh, most of the bottom tier defenses below 3,000. They're just all facing really good offenses. And I don't know if uh, Minnesota deserves to be called that uh, at the moment outside of Dalvin Cook. Uh, one GPP I really like is the Chicago Bears at 3,100. And you can actually stack them with Dave Montgomery and get a little contrarian on him i mean look rivers he's been good these last two weeks and they haven't had to do anything but we remember week one when his you know deep ball was fluttering more than ever against the jaguars of all teams i mean if they have to pass the ball a lot in chicago i can see it going south for him pretty quick all of a sudden hilton's really their only uh relevant you know receiver with a um excuse me Pittman and campbell uh both out so outdoors in chicago you know you get in the montgomery stack and bears are three and oh and you mentioned uh with the uh, pff team grades you know i really wanted to call the bears frauds and i, I don't think they're a good three and out team but they are pretty complete right now i think they're a top five team in pff's overall team grade so only three weeks and again i'm not sitting here calling the bears a top five team by any stretch but you know what guys like me are wrong all the time and if if, if we're wrong on them bears and montgomery could be a nice little stack all right let's get into the helicopter plays if you guys want to check this out you can go over to pff this is free there is no paywall on this article if you want any more in-depth stuff uh, Ian, go over what these are. You got five plays. I'll throw in a couple of myself and we'll get on. Yes, sir. We are not just looking for, you know, low price blow up guys. We're looking for low price blow up guys that also nobody else is on. So uh, Sunday main slate only can't have a top five price tag at the position and can't have ownership above uh, 5%. You know, Britt and I are looking a little bit different projected ownerships uh, from sites. So if it's a little bit over, you know, use the Roto grinders one. <laughs> If it's a little bit over on one of our ends, you know, you don't need to cancel us too quickly. But, uh, you know, unfortunately, I'm 0-3 I'm on the final ones this year. You know, Russell Wilson felt like throwing three touchdowns from the one-yard line last week. I'm not bitter at all. You know, it is what it is. But, you know, I'm feeling good about this week. And the five guys I got, uh, Joe Burrow, I mentioned before, already a top 10 fantasy QB and now with the softest matchup of the year against the Jaguars defense that can't pressure the quarterback. And that seems to be, you know, the biggest problem facing this Bengals offense. So I think we could really get his true coming out party. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is someone that, you know, we should be treating as a top five back here moving forward with Marlon Mack out. We haven't quite seen 
the blow up over the last two weeks and Jordan Wilkins has been involved. But if you look at the snaps and non garbage times moments, it's truly just been the Jonathan Taylor show. I mean, the snaps uh, haven't even been close. He's at 66 snaps. Uh, Hines at only 25 and Wilkins at 15 and non garbage time moments over the past two weeks. So Taylor is the true RB one against a bears defense that really hasn't been good against the run. I mean, I know mentioned it was contrarian, you know, GPP play, but third worst defense in the league right now in yards before contact allowed per rush. That's problematic against someone like Taylor. You know, if it's a neutral game script, I think we're looking at 25 plus touches at minimal ownership. Other side of the ball, David Montgomery, Tariq Cohen's gone. And look, as the, you know, self-pronounced, uh, president of the Cordero Patterson fan club. I would love to sit here and tell you that this dude's going to step into three weeks role. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Montgomery is going to eat up those snaps, flirt with 80% or more touches. And this guy's a competent pass receiver, but because of Mike Davis, David Johnson, Kenyon Drake, all those guys in that range, Montgomery is actually going under the radar, even though, you know, his price is uh, re- as reduced as it is, uh, despite having the big role increase. So, you know, rolling it back with him, I think makes sense. And at the wide receiver position, uh, Keenan Allen, uh, maybe he'll get more chalky with Mike Williams out now but yeah man i mean 28 or 29 targets whatever it is over the last two weeks uh just hard to expect that not to keep coming i know the buccaneers defense is good but uh you know also they really haven't been tested to start this year not saying herbert represents the biggest test i know it's a rookie quarterback and all that but uh you know at some point volume needs to win out and then finally jarvis landry uh you know maybe the favorite at this point for me because he's sitting there at uh i believe only 5100 yeah, he's right there and not right. Yeah, 5,100. And I, I was, I thought, you know, just based on his target uses this year, I figured they were kind of easing him in with that hip coming off offseason hip surgery, just wasn't getting the snaps. That's not the case. He's only run three three fewer routes than Odell Beckham all season. The problem has been in this, you know, Minnesota North offense, the Cleveland Browns are doing pretty much. Uh, Beckham has been the guy in the Stefan Diggs role, getting the downfield targets. Landry's more in the Adam Thielen underneath the intermediate role. We just need someone to make this offense pass though. Cause Jarvis is still locked in as a number two guy. He's caught 12 of 13 targets. He's averaging career high marks in yards for targets. So he's truly looked fine out there and he's getting all the, you know, per route opportunity just hasn't gotten the overall targets yet. So situation where, you know, maybe, Field 23 pass attempts in uh, weeks two and three. He had more in weeks one, but that was against you know the Ravens elite secondary. Cowboys are not going to be confused with the Ravens secondary anytime soon. I think uh, it's a sneaky spot where everyone is uh, jumping on OBJ. Deservingly, he's in a good spot too, but popping up with that back injury, I think uh, Landry might be the appropriate pivot and really uh, appropriate pivot and really pop off in this spot. All right, two I'm going to throw into the ring. I'm going to throw Austin Eckler. Uh, you know, the, that condensed car- target tree without Mike Williams is really showing itself. It's Austin Eckler, it's Keenan Allen, and it's Hunter Henry, and really nobody else is involved in that offense when Justin Herbert's at quarterback. So I like him against the Bucks, allowing the fourth highest amount of targets to running backs. Why? Because they're pretty good everywhere else in the field. So you get a lot of dump offs. Those add fantasy points. If Eckler finds his way into the end zone, I think he's going to have himself a really big day. I'd probably give him, I don't know, six or seven targets, if not more in this game. Uh, also, uh, I already mentioned Ryan Fitzpatrick. He is my quarterback player of the week, 300 plus four total touchdowns. Give me a rushing touchdown. Give me two extra fantasy points on that one. Give me some chucking it to Devonte Parker deep. You can have some, have your Gusecki, yeah. uh, run it back with Lockett, have yourself a, a good one. This is like my favorite game stack of the week. So I'm looking at Fitz and Austin Eckler as two low owned plays. Uh, I think can bop off for some really big games. That's going to do it for the week four edition of the PFF show. If you want to check out any of Ian's stuff, head over to pff.com. You can sign up over there. If you want to get $5 off your Roto-Grinders premium and you've never subscribed before, use code PFF when you sign up at Roto-Grinders here and you will get your $5 off and get access to Gridiron IQ and Lineup HQ and those ownership projections that Ian was talking about. Again, Roto-Grinders ones. Hey, I got a soft spot. I like those ones. That's what I like to use. Uh, Ian, it's been fun. See you back here next week. For Ian, I'm Britt. Thanks to everyone for watching and listening. We out you.